Hey guys, welcome to our next episode of our podcast, Lighthouse. Today we are talking about preparation for dating. Um, and it's just me and Julie tonight. Michelle couldn't be here. But we're with my aunt and Julie's mom, um, my auntie Jen. And um, I'm Julie. I apologize for my voice. I've been kind of sick, but we're here today and we're just going to ask our mom a lot of questions on what we should do now in the season of waiting before we start dating. So, Anna, do you want to start? Yes. So, um, our first question was how... How would you say, how would you spend your time to not waste this waiting period? Okay, well, um, in my own particular situation, I just want to explain that um, before I met, it was um, actually t- 10 years where I was, gradu- I graduated from college and I got married. So it's 10 years of time since, you know, nobody really knows when they're going to meet the person, if they are to be married, when that will be. So you really have to use your time well during that period. So I just wanted to bring back a couple of the podcasts that you mentioned. One was the one with Emily Solomersky, where she talked about um, being the best person that you can be. So focus on your development as a person, trying to be the best person um, spiritually when you had that podcast on prayer and, you know, physically making sure you get appropriate amount of exercise and nutrition, but um, also in your own work, like striving to be the best person in the field that you are. So doing your job well, um, getting involved with lots of activities, know different clubs whatever your hobby might be um trying to keep yourself disciplined with your time so that you're not wasting of your time and um building friendships so spending time with your friends and family um another thing that was um mentioned to me is that keeping your eyes um watching other relationships so trying to figure out through relationships with your friends or your family of the kind of person that you are looking for like what qualities you're looking for in a person and why certain relationships work well like um notice that you know what what is it about certain relationships that make them really strong so just keeping an eye out and, and watching other people's relationship um I think is a good, is a good, um, someone also mentioned to me, you know, as you're trying to find that person who is going to be your spouse, that you should be looking for not just a good person, but a great person. And a great person is, is not just nice, but has some much more substance to them in terms of their formation as as a person, like they're, they're more solid. 
And you were um you were saying how look at your friends' relationships as like an example. Um I think also someone had mentioned me look at the men in your life as an example and like look at the qualities that they have and that you would want in your future husband or not want. I don't remember who said that to me, but they were like, look at all the men you you have in your life, like your friends and brothers and dad and stuff like that, and pick out like the good qualities that you would want in your husband. Um, so another question that we had was, how did you pray in the season of waiting for your vocation? Because maybe your vocation isn't even marriage, so... Right. You know, like, what would you, how would you pray during that season? Well, actually, um, a very good friend of mine told me when I was 10 years old, this was an adult that told me, but she told me a little prayer, which I never forgot, which is, Lord, help me to see what you want me to be. And so I always kept that in mind because no matter what it is, you know, we're only going to be happy when we're doing what God wants. So I thought that was a great prayer. So that kind of covers whatever your vocation is, help to see what you want me to be seems like a, an easy thing to remember. I do yeah. remember at one point though that I felt a very strong urge to pray for my future husband, even though I had no idea who that was. And it was around the time that I was 18. And it turns out later on in life, when, when I finally did find my husband, that I explained that to him. And it was probably one of the most difficult times of his life. So I guess Whoa, I to make cool. to pray for him at that time. <clears throat> that's so cool. Um, I have another question. How in the season of waiting, how, like, how did you not, I guess, one, like, get, start getting jealous of when you're seeing all of your friends and family getting married and also, like, get, not getting impatient for it to happen now rather than waiting on God's time. Yeah. That, that's one of the hard, really hard things, but you know, God has his own time. So I think you just mm -hmm. have to do lots of acts of abandonment. Like, you know, I know it's not, it has to be what God wants, not, not what I want. So, um, mm -hmm. even though that's difficult, I think it teaches you a lot that you have to wait for whatever his plan is. So um, I, I also had a couple other things that I wanted to mention. And, and one is um, that um, someone said to me what, that when you start um, dating, which is also part of the waiting period, because you have to, you know, as they say, kiss a lot of frogs <laughs> before you find it. But, you know, you have to date a lot of people to kind of figure out who that might be but I think one thing that a lot of people forget is that um this kind of sounds silly but someone said this to me the other day you know that modest is hottest like you're more attractive than when you're modest instead of exposing you know your skin that you should really when you go on date you should make sure that you are dressing so you're not like revealing lots of skin because that actually is more attractive to a guy because they're focused more on you rather than 
you know, your physical appearance. So I remember, I remember Nick saying that. Yeah. About Emily, when he went on the first date with her, he was like, I mean, I thought she was so beautiful and I just, she was so confident and dressed so modestly. And I just wanted to get to know more of her as a person rather than just looking at her as like a thing, as like a pretty thing to look at, but like, I guess wanting to just know her more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It almost makes, I think it for, for a guy that is sometimes like more appealing because you're attracted to the person. And also I'm, you want to make sure you dress so that the person is attracted to your face. So sometimes when you wear maybe like tight clothing or something like a midriff kind of uh, outfit or too much of your, I don't know, your, your arms or whatever, it's like you want it to focus on your face. So mm-hmm. if you're wearing something that's going to cause attention to looking at other parts of your body, then it's not you're not going to be attracting to the person, the person to you as a person. Mm-hmm. That's um, another person, another um, person gave me this advice that um, every date should have a beginning and an end. Like it doesn't go on and on, but like you have a plan, you go somewhere like and keeping it as much as possible public, but that there's an end. And so it doesn't like, linger on because i know um both of you know grandpa cook has you know his set of rules but one thing that he always said was nothing good happens after midnight so mm-hmm. not keeping mm-hmm. a date too late because mm-hmm. you know it's not good for for the date mm-hmm. um and anna gave me this book called 31 prayers for my future husband and it's helped me a lot um I just started, so you read this prayer, and then you'll write, like, a letter type of thing after you read it, Um, and it's helped me a lot with, like, the boxes that I would want to have checked off, so what were your boxes that you needed to, like, have checked off for, like, your husband? Oh, that's interesting. Um, Well, actually, a lot of the boxes that I had, I they were not the right boxes. <laughs> I discovered like I, you know, I had my, I wanted to have a strong Catholic. I wanted to have, you know, big family if possible. Um, all of these, all of these things. And that's not exactly, I think what God wanted me to see, but what I ended up finding is that the most attractive thing, at least from, from my husband is that I found, I, I just remember saying to someone, I just, I don't know why, but I just feel like he fits so many people in his heart. Like he fits millions of people in, in his own heart. And that was very attractive to me. And then the second thing is that he works really hard. So I remember we had this like sports banquet for the school I was teaching at. And he came and he was kind of like a new person on the scene. They were like, oh, that's Miss Cook's boyfriend. But um, the one thing that I was very attracted to is that he saw the need for the floor to be mopped and he went ahead and did it, which it sounds like a very silly thing. That was very like, that was a big check of a box for me. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you saying that once. I was like, what's the, what was the most like attractive thing about dad? 
And you're like, well, one time he like mopped the floor. What would you say, so, since Anna and I are not dating right now, we have more time to work on our other relationships, like our friendships and stuff like that. So what's something, I don't know if I'm going to like word this correctly, but what's something that we should like start working on in our relationships now that would help us with our future, like relationship with our husband like something that can I think, be um, I think I think that's a great uh goal is to work on your relationship with your friends but always keep me in mind that one you always want to make your friends better people because if you're truly having a vocation to marriage you should be trying to always bring your spouse to heaven so making them better people helping them be better people and at the same mm-hmm. time listening to the advice of your friends because they're going to be trying to help you also be a better person. So sometimes, even though it hurts, sometimes your friend might correct you on something. You really should take it back and like think about, okay, what was it that I should have done better with that? And then try to work on improving it. You know, like Mm -hmm. even at the end of each day to have like, look over the day and say, okay, this is my goal for tomorrow. I need to work better on listening or, eye contact when I'm talking to someone yeah. you know, that kind of thing so yeah I mean helping your friends become better people and then also being a better listener so that you can also improve um, I have another question um, did you know for sure before you met Uncle Larry that you were called to marriage or were you still like uh, discerning other vocations too uh, no, I really, well, because I was pretty clear when I was around 18 that I had a call, I was being called to marriage. I was getting to be in my thirties thinking, wait a second. <laughs> I think I missed the message because I'm 30 years old and anybody in, in the, anywhere near the, um, that was a little bit hard, but um, I don't know. I just kept saying, okay, Lord, if you want me to be the best aunt I can be, that I can do that. Not exactly mm-hmm. what I want, but, you know, it looked like that was how I was headed towards that direction. But um, When you hit 30. When I hit 30. <laughs> um, um, I don't think I really answered um, your question, but. No, that's good. Um, did you like come to the realization that you were called to marriage like in a like from a specific like prayer or like was it just kind of something you were feeling drawn to um that's a good question well I don't really know the answer to that one I no, I don't know. That. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the thing is, sometimes you don't know the answer. You just, yeah. have to, you just have to put it in God's hands and say, okay, whatever you want, but I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you know how people say, like, 
like you won't find a boyfriend if you're like looking or like being super obsessed about it so like I'm always like okay I'm not looking I'm doing great on my own but then I'm like hint hint like <laughs> my god like <laughs> I, sometimes people say the prayer to Saint Anne Saint Anne Saint Anne find me a man I, I, I mean the apparently she's like one of the patron saints of of finding a, a spouse so some people do that prayer but Okay, so how how do you not, or, like, did you have the mindset of, like, anytime you went somewhere new or, like, knew you were going to meet new people, like, would you always be like, oh, maybe I'll meet my future husband here? Um, you know, there's always had hope that this event is going to be the one, but I think that God just kind of, a lot of times, like, comes through the back door, you know, when you're least expecting it. Yeah, I think um, I know that when I went to college, I thought this was a good advice. Uh, um, a priest told me that I needed to meet one new person a day. So every time I went off to classes, my goal was to be, meet one new person. So that had nothing to do with finding a spouse. But I think like that goal of just making yourself um, open to meeting new people is really important skip to have like when you go somewhere like you're going to an event and you're like okay lord who are you going to have me meet today and and just leave it like that it could be that it's just meeting a new friend and you know mm-hmm. yeah i really like that yeah i try to i try to do that here i mean scranton is like a really small school so most of the times you already know the people wherever you're going but there's obviously new people. I don't know, like everyone here. So it's like, I'll go to a class and, you know, try to talk to like the person next to me or just like walk in the class or like, I don't know, just like random things like through clubs and through sports and stuff like that. Just like meeting people. But I've never on the back of my mind, am I like, okay, I'm trying to like find my future husband in this situation. But like, I guess it's more just like, friends but like that's where it starts yeah and i think also you guys all always talk about um i mean how you you came up with those deeper questions at the family reunion i think that's a good habit to get into is to, to try to get into deeper conversations yeah you have some great questions but like keep that in mind when you're meeting new people just mm-hmm. because you get to know them so much better yeah i definitely noticed that my conversations this year this semester have been like 10 times deep more deep more deeper or deeper um than the ones I've had in the past and I feel like even the people I already knew I know a lot more this semester even though it's only been a couple weeks than I have in the past like two years just through like deeper questions more meaningful questions that's great yeah. i mean yeah. I, think, I think also besides like doing lots of activities and getting involved in things i think trying to keep yourself thinking service you know yeah how you can be of service to other people even in mm-hmm. those conversations you can be of service because you don't know what people need but once you get into a deeper conversations sometimes you can discover that they just need a friend or they need someone to listen or 
Yeah. To be of service. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times it's not even like you, the one asking the questions, but more just you listening. Right. Yeah. Um, I have another question. I don't know if this really makes it a lot of sense, but what would you say the difference is between like looking for a future husband than like like being obsessed with finding one? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Is it okay to be like on the lookout, like kind of on? the back of your brain like oh like I don't know I see potential in this person or something like that without being like super obsessed with like the guys that you're friends with or you meet yeah I don't know I mean I it sounds it's you don't want to be on the prowl you know I I think you just want to let God do his job but make sure you're you're out there making yourself available to meet lots of people, but mm. I think you kind of have to turn it in your head and just like, okay, God, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, what can I get out of this person? You know, you don't want to be utilitarian. Like I'm going to use this person. So whatever. Mm. Yeah. You want to be um, at the service of God, whatever you want. And Anna, you were saying something uh, in these notes, like dating out of love and not out of lack. Yeah. Explain what that means. I well, I heard it in a, or I was listening to a. Yeah, I heard it in a podcast recently. I don't remember what it was, but they were just talking about how, like, a lot of times. I mean, I think it's that's more so maybe when you're younger, like. It's like, oh, I want a boyfriend or I want to be dating. I want to be with someone. Um, And dating for those reasons is just filling a hole that no person can fill. And, like, ultimately that's that's a void that only God can fill. Um, And instead of dating out of, like, that, like, just desire to be with someone or to um, just have a a person with you, you want to be dating out of, like, love and like because you love that person and you want to be with that person rather than just finding someone to fill that I guess if that Mm. makes sense yeah that makes sense yeah I'm sure you know a lot of people who always have to have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. Mm. and I think that's just actually a lack of confidence in Mm. who they are they just need to have someone to hang on hang on to yeah I mean that was like me with like friendships I for a while just felt like I always needed to have a friend around because I guess that was like the lack of confidence like if I were ever going somewhere I'd want to bring like a buddy along I don't know like class or anything I was doing but now I'm so much more comfortable with myself and like like that alone time and like I obviously need it and like when I am alone I guess I'm not wasting that time just being on my phone and doing like mindless scrolling or anything like that like on my phone and stuff like that rather I'm I can tell I'm just using it in a better way and I don't always like need I guess people 
around with everything that I'm doing, which I don't know. That's like, I I feel like that's like the first step, like what Anna was saying. Yeah. I feel like that comes with being like more open, mm-hmm. like, because I feel I definitely used to be the same way where it's just like, just like you always need to be with someone. And I think it just kind of came from like, this is comfort. This is what I know. So I'm just going to stick with that rather than mm-hmm. like, if you're walking around alone, like, you have to be open to the people that you're coming across um, rather than just sticking with, with your, your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also like being part of a big family. You're so used to like people all around you all the time. So you like don't really get that alone time. So I guess when I went to college and I was getting that, like um, not having a roommate like freshman year, for a part of it, I was like, oh, what do I do? Like, I don't know how to be alone for like these long periods of time. So I've just always tried to be with other people, but that's not the case anymore. And yeah, I've definitely noticed that I've been meeting more people and like having those deeper conversations with more people because I'm like more open because I'm not just like staying with like what I'm comfortable with, I guess. Yeah. That's That's so good. Yeah. I mean, that was the end of our questions. Anna, do you have any more? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. That was, that was the main. Oh, wait, I have one. Um, So I kind of have a list and I feel like it's very strict. So I don't know, like, do you know how people always have like, like what I was mentioning before, like the boxes they need to have checked off. Yeah. Like, how do you know which ones like they have to check off? And like, like there could be some boxes that like don't, or I don't know, they don't really need to have. And, but then there's boxes like if they don't check off, then that's like a big red, red flag. Yeah. Know? So right. how do you know? Well, I think you, you just have to kind of discern that while you're in the dating process, but cause that's, kind of the whole point of the dating is to figure out what are what are the things that are red flags and are super important to you and which ones are not like being open to life is obviously a big one if you have that as you know one of your key points because a lot of times yeah. people don't change in that um opinion but um i don't know I think it's good to have your list of what you would like in a person, but you can't make your decision based on that list because maybe God has a plan for you and you're, you're, you know, disregarding someone that is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's what you were saying earlier about dad. Yeah. Because you had this list before, but he did check off the most important thing, so. Right. Um, yeah, so that was all I had. Um, I do have to get ready for refing my games at nine, so. Okay. <laughs> um, I know I wish I did this podcast on, on a day I had my voice, but <laughs> I don't think I I'm going to get my cool voice. Sun, though. It's a cool, cool <laughs> Yeah. You might want to keep it. Deep and manly. 
right. Well, I'm glad we did this. It did take a while. <laughs> like four weeks, three weeks or something. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we finally got to do it. Yeah. I guess Sundays are the best days. Yeah. Even though we're still all running around, but already. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Auntie Ben. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.